Hey, faithful listener, thanks for tuning in to the P40 Ministries daily podcast. This podcast is dedicated to helping you grow spiritually so you can grow personally. Let's grow together by building a consistent Bible reading routine. This is Jen, your host, and today we will be discussing the book of Exodus. morning, faithful listener. You have tuned into the P40 Ministries podcast, and I am your host, Jen, here, ready and willing to discuss with you guys Exodus chapter 36, verses 1 through 7. I think we're going to have a really good discussion today because we're going to be talking about giving. I do enjoy talking about giving. <laughs> I love talking about giving because uh, it is something that I think is just not done correctly. You know, nowadays in the church, I think there's a lot of guilt with giving. I think, um, unfortunately, there's a there's a large problem with greed here in America. And I think this will be a really interesting episode that I hope you guys listen to to the very end so that you can gain some new insights about giving, hopefully. So let's go ahead and discuss Exodus chapter 36, verses 1 through 7. I'll be reading out the W.E.B. version of the Bible, as I always do. But please feel free to read out of whatever version you prefer to read out of. And let's go ahead and grab those cups of coffee and your Bible, and let's begin to read. Bezalel and Aholiab shall work with every wise-hearted man, in whom Yahweh has put wisdom and understanding, to know how to do all the work for the service of the sanctuary, according to all that Yahweh has commanded. Moses called Bazalel and Holiab, and every wise-hearted man, in whose heart Yahweh had put wisdom, even everyone whose heart stirred him up, to come to the work to do it. They received from Moses all of the offering which the children of Israel had brought for the work of the service of the sanctuary, with which to make it. They kept bringing freewill offerings to him every morning. All the wise men who performed all the work of the sanctuary, each came from his work which he did. They spoke to Moses, saying, The people have brought much more than enough for the service of the work which Yahweh commanded to make. Moses gave a commandment, and they caused it to be proclaimed throughout the camp, saying, Let neither man nor woman make anything else for the offering for the sanctuary. So the people were restrained from bringing, for the stuff they had was sufficient to do all the work, and too much. So like I said, a lot of stuff to do with giving here in this uh, portion of scripture that we're going to be discussing today. So Bezalel and Aholiab were basically the two main guys that God had put his spirit on so that these guys could perform the work of building and constructing and architecturing (laughs) and being an architecture for the, uh, the temple, this temple that they were going to make where God was supposed to live. And so it kind of implies here that they were planning. This was like the planning stages before they started making everything for this tent of meeting. So they were they were planning. They were putting uh, together all the stuff that they needed. They were organizing. And probably the gifts that all of the children of Israel were bringing, because remember, the children of Israel probably had about 2 million people in all of the tribes at this point in time. So I don't know if a, if a quarter of them were bringing gifts every single morning. 
I mean, that would be a lot of stuff over time. This would be plenty of stuff to build this tent of meeting, which by the way, was not a very big tent of meeting. We talked about that as well. God was not expecting a palace in the middle of the desert. It was literally a tent. It was a very beautiful tent. It was a very uh, set apart, holy tent, but it was not big. Like it only had one large room and then one small room, which was the holy place. It was a pretty decently sized small tent. And, uh, you know, after a while, when the people are bringing all of this stuff, you know, it would it would be too much. But the people were, in fact, bringing voluntarily. I actually switched over to the AMP version because they, they use that word voluntarily. It says specifically in verse 3 that the people continued to bring uh, Moses free will voluntary offerings every morning. And we talked about the other day how these were wise-hearted people that were bringing these offerings. So not everybody brought offerings. It's actually pretty clear that not everybody did. But many people did because many people probably wanted that temple there. They wanted God's presence back. And, you know, the people were giving these gifts out of their own free will. But the one thing I really want to focus in on is not just necessarily gift giving in a monetary sense, the way these people were, but gift giving of the time. You know, these men here that were performing the work of this tabernacle were putting in time. Remember, the, I mean, these guys had the jobs of their own. Many of them were cattle farmers. Many of them were farmers. Many of them uh, did bronze work on the side. I don't know. I mean, these people all had very different careers. And yet they were giving of their time to come and build this tent of meeting. It says specifically that uh, Moses called Bezalel and Aholiab and every skilled person in whom the Lord had put an ability, everyone whose heart stirred him to come to do the work. Some people did not have that stirred heart. They didn't care about this project. They didn't care about the temple. Perhaps they thought that their own work was um, too much for them. They couldn't go and give their time to this new project. But it says that the wise people and everyone whose hearts were stirred to come do the work came and did some voluntary effort to come and do the work, even though they might have been busy, even though they had other jobs that they might have had to leave early from. I mean, I don't know. I don't know the situations specifically, but it does say that, uh, you know, these men that had these abilities to do metalwork and to do sewing or embroidery or, or uh, construction work, they would come and give of their time away from their own jobs and away from their families possibly to work on this project, to volunteer. That is a form of giving that I think we often don't think about. Uh, you know, when we think of giving, we think of Christmas, we think of giving gifts, we think of giving money. But giving time, in my opinion, is one of the best ways you can show love to another person. And that's very possibly I'm saying that because my love language is time. <laughs> and my husband knows that very well. But, um, you, you know, I, I truly believe that giving of your time is an excellent way to express care for someone or something or for a project you're doing, there's actually a saying that if something is important enough to you, you'll find the time to do it. 
I truly believe in that that sentiment. I, I truly believe that if something is important to somebody, they will find the time to do it. And back when I was a miserable person, <laughs> back in 2018 and earlier, I refused to give my time. My time was like a precious commodity to me. It was something that, no, nah, I don't give my time to people. I, I truly believe that I refused to serve in the church more than a very, very, very limited set amount of hours. And when I did those set amount of hours or more like set amount of minutes, because it would not, not ever be hours, those set amount of minutes, it was like a box I was checking off. You know, like this box that would help me get into heaven or something. And and I really did believe that. I thought that, you know, you know, this is something I have to do because they need, the church needs it. And, you know, this is something that I have to do in order to be a good person. That, that was truly what I believed. But yet my heart was so wrong in that circumstance. I was not one of these people back then that God considers to be wise hearted. You know, back in those days, if this project would have happened, I don't really think, I truly don't think I would have given my time. Maybe I would have given a gift. I don't think I would have given my time, though, to embroider the stuff to, uh, you know, if I knew how to sew back then, to sew and to spin the, the wool like the women were doing that were wise-hearted. I don't think I would have done that. And I'm kind of ashamed to say that because I was so, so... Uh, worried about my own time that I didn't want to ever give it to anybody. And yet this was a voluntary gift that these men and women were doing for this tabernacle, for God's place. I mean, if there was nobody that went and gave their time to build this, it wouldn't have gotten built. You know, God would have not had a place to live. God uses us as instruments to do work all the time. He always does that. I mean, I, I've talked a, a tiny, tiny bit about that before in the past, about how God, you know, used Moses and Moses's staff in Egypt, even though God was really doing all the miracles. You know, God used Moses to start those miracles. Like when Moses hit the ground, the dust came up and you know, the, the dust turned into the flies and, you know, the different plagues that, and, and when the Red Sea was parted, Moses had to raise his staff, you know, to part the Red Sea. So God uses people constantly to do work for him. So if we have this weird thing, like I used to have about how we can't give our time or our energy or our, you know, resources to do these things, it's not going to get done. And then when things don't get done, God is going to call on a different person to get it done because that's what ends up happening all throughout the Bible. When people don't do what they're supposed to do, God calls on a very, very, very different person to accomplish the good work. And the people who were originally supposed to do the stuff, that special blessing from God gets taken away, that special opportunity to work on such a fantastic project that we talk about to this day, you know, the temple, that gets taken from them. They no longer have that opportunity. So what does it say here in verse 6? It says that Moses issued a command and it was proclaimed throughout the camp, let neither man nor woman do any more work for the sanctuary offering. 
So everybody who chose not to give a gift at this point was no longer allowed to give a gift because the people who had brought gifts generously, there was enough. There was more than enough. It says that there was too much, actually. And Bazelel, that guy who God put his spirit on, told Moses, we got to stop taking stuff because we have way too much. We have an overabundance of amount of stuff that is needed for this temple project. So the people that kind of sat on their hands and didn't end up giving of their time and their resources, they lost an opportunity to be a part of such a fantastic building process of this temple that is talked about for generations and generations and generations and thousands of years later. And they, they lost the opportunity. They're no longer allowed to give anymore. And I wonder, those people, I wonder if they felt upset about that. You know, I, I think about that. I'm just like, you know, the people who chose not to give for this fantastic process, I wonder how they felt later on. Were they just like, man, I really missed out on something special by not, you know, giving of some of my stuff, of my time, of my money, of my you know, gold and silver or whatever else I had to make this temple project. I wonder if they thought that. So I think the moral of this story is, you know, don't just wait around, you know, do something. And for me personally, I'm going to tell a little bit more of my testimony, you know, back in 2018 and before when I had this mindset, I had the most time I ever had in my entire life. I was working part time. I was not going to school. And, you know, I, I considered myself to have the most terrible job in the entire world at the time. And, you know, the weight of the world was on my shoulders and I didn't have any time at all. But then that all changed in 2019 when I actually got a terrible job, like a truly terrible job that changed my life. And I am so happy that I got that job. You know, I'm so happy because it changed my entire life life. It changed my entire mindset about giving and about God, you know, as miserable as it was at the time and how little time I had, because I don't know if you guys have heard my testimony before, but I was working full time at a very, very labor intensive job. And at night I was going to school full time. So I was working, I mean, totally, I, I was probably working like 65, 70 hours a week between school and work, if not more because of homework and stuff like that. But somehow I was able to start giving of my time. This, that's what's so crazy about this. It was like somehow time started appearing a little bit for me because I remember thinking in about probably October of 2019 when I was in the middle of all of that. I was like, I don't know if I can do this stuff at church. And and the crazy thing is, was all of a sudden I I did want to start giving of my time because I had this mindset change about God and about life and everything through that career that I ended up having. And I started actually wanting to go to church and starting to want to give my time to people. And I started enjoying serving. Isn't that weird? I loved it. It filled me up. It was fulfilling. Serving in the background was fulfilling. So I remember one week I was sitting there 
stressed out of my mind. I, I will never forget the way that stress felt. It was like I was in a constant haze for the entire year because it was just one thing after another after another. My mind was just constantly moving because of how busy I was. And uh, I've never been that busy since, by the way. But since then, I remember sitting there on my desk and I was sick because I was like, I have this homework assignment I have to get done. I have to work tomorrow on this uh, new core that I don't know how to do and you know this and that and and then plus on top of this I have to go to church tomorrow night and I have to teach this thing I have no clue what I'm doing and I remember sitting there and it was like it's going to be okay and somehow I found the time to get all of that done I worked somehow very very like lean And if you know me, I'm extremely disorganized. So this was like miraculous for me. (laughs) Somehow I found like order in my in my life and I was able to accomplish my my paper that was due. I was able to work the next day on this new core that I wasn't sure how to how to do. And then that night I was able to go and somehow I found the time to research the topic I was going to be talking about and present my material to the women of my church. And so it's just interesting, you know, and and that's kind of a little bit of my testimony that went on in 2019. But, um, you know, it's it's interesting how when you're using service as just a box to accomplish because you think you're going to, you know, be a better person or get on God's good side, it's never, ever, ever going to be fulfilling. But when you're doing it because you really want to, which is what happened to me, you know, I was very busy, but all of a sudden I I truly did want to serve. You're going to find the time to do it and you're going to enjoy it. Isn't that crazy? You're going to enjoy it and it's going to be fulfilling. It's going to be so fulfilling. And you know, thankfully, that entire experience that I had led to P40 Ministries. You know, I I always say that um, P40 Ministries, I I don't know if you guys know what the title means, but it actually stands for Psalm 40 Ministries. And Psalm 40 verses 1 and 2 says, He lifted me up out of the mud and the mire and set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked along. Those are actually the verses of P40 Ministries because that's what God did for me. He completely changed my mindset about literally everything in my life, about myself, about Him, about service, about my husband. He changed all that in a very short period of time and shaped me into a completely different person. He pulled me up out of that sticky mud and mire that I had put myself into and he set my feet on solid ground and now currently he is steadying me as I walk along. And every time I talk about it, I get kind of teary. But, you know, that is what God is able to do for each and every single person. And I believe that he can also do it for you, especially if you begin to change your mindset from self and change it from self and put your mindset onto God and rather think, you know, what can I do for me today? Think about what can I do for God today? And I think that is kind of what, in a weird way, Exodus 36, 1 through 7 is about how these men and women took their minds off of themselves and put it on something greater, onto God. And they were able to do this fantastic thing 
that is still talked about to this day. Friends and faithful listeners, I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you got convicted today, awesome. I am extremely happy about that. And definitely share it on your social media platforms if you were convicted as well. But you know, friends, uh, it is the month of giving. It is the month of December and thus Christmas, which we consider Christmas to be the time of giving. So think about a way that you can give more of your time and of your money and of your gifts to other people this month because God truly does love a cheerful giver. That's what it says in the Bible. He doesn't want you to give of your time like I did back in those days, uh, selfishly or just to check off a box, but he wants you to truly give because you cheerfully want to. But you know what? As I say at the end of every single podcast episode, happy listening and God bless.